Rebellion, Book Two of the Ritual Saga, written and performed by author Caitlin Costello. Print copyright, Caitlin Costello, 2019. Audio copyright, Caitlin Costello, 2021. Chapter 5. Nurzan. Nurzan looks deep into the dregs of his cup of coffee. Whoever made this terrible cup of coffee should be ordered to never set foot near a bag of coffee beans again. The ground-up bits stick in the cracks between his teeth and tickle his tongue. He grabs a toothpick and begins to pick the little buggers out from his teeth, flinging them towards the fire. Most of them don't make it, but that's what servants are for. He picks up the report the two guards gave him when they finally stumbled back to the fortress a day late. The writing is illegible in places, and it switches from a loopy cursive to a slanted font. He squints at the words, slowly deciphering them. Some of the ink is smudged, and parts are heavily crossed out. Like mid-sentence, the two had decided not to say what had happened. He turns to the guard in the corner who watches over his room. Go get the two guards who thought sending me this report was worth my time. It is garbage. He puts the now-cold mug down with a thud, spilling some of the overly sweetened coffee on the parchment. He growls, dabbing at the page with the edge of his shirt and smearing some of the words even more. Oh, hell with it. He throws it to the side and waits for his subjects to crawl in. He rises from his chair and moves closer to the fire, rubbing his hands together to work heat back into his fingers. There is a tentative knock at the door. So that's how we're going to start this? He steps back behind his desk, back tall and straight, hands clasped in front of him, the mess of a report on his desk. Appearances are everything. Enter, he calls, his voice low and commanding. The door swings open and he sees the two take a quick breath, stealing themselves before moving into the room. Sit. Nurzan orders, pointing to the two hard wooden chairs in the front of his desk. Nurzan looks down at the report, then back up at the two elves. Do you know why I called you two up here? Nurzan asks, in the same low growl. The two glance at each other as they try to decide who will talk first. They shift uncomfortably, glancing at Nurzan as he waits patiently for them to decide what to say. Well, you see, sir, um... We can't... So we can't remember everything that happened, the shorter of the two says finally. You don't remember everything, Nurzan repeats slowly. The guards duck their heads. I'm sure I don't need to explain to you why that is an issue for me. They nod vigorously. So I want you to explain everything that you remember. We're going to sit here and piece together everything that happened over the last few days. He pulls open his desk and slides out a piece of parchment and dips his quill in ink and hovers it over the page. Start talking. The two glare at each other as they decide where to start. Nurzan waits a few moments before saying, Do I have to do everything for the two of you? You blockheads had a simple task. Follow my son and take note of what he does. But you were too dim-witted for even that. Now you. He points to the guard on the right. Start talking. This story better be a good one. The two begin fumbling their way through their tale. 
overlapping and fighting over details. Nurzen scratches out the story with the quill, creating two columns of facts, one for each of the guards, keeping track of where each of their stories overlaps or contradicts the other. The facts that fall before him are similar to what is in the report. So, you followed my son in an inferior way, making yourselves visible and earning yourself failing marks in espionage. Their eyes fall to their laps. Then, you blatantly approached him. What the hell were you thinking? Nurzan smacks the table. Tell me, how did that help your mission? We felt that it was needed, that he needed to know he was watched. The taller one pipes up. Nurzan growls deep in his throat, all restraint gone. My son isn't stupid. He would have assumed I sent someone after him from the get-go. That is the sort of brains it takes to be a dark one. Common sense was a gene neither of your mothers blessed you with. He gets up and starts pacing. Baron would have known someone was going to follow him. That is how I taught him to think. Now that you have made yourself so clear, he's going to disappear. That's what I would have done. You have not only cost us our only contact but my son. They cower from him as his voice rises. Then, then you had the audacity to presume that he is the spirit ritual? Just because he was able to talk you into leaving him be? He scoffs. My son is skillful, but he is no ritual. We tried to teach him to use dark magic. He was inadequate, to say the least. The idea that he could be a ritual is plain laughable. He has nowhere near the level of control that I and my fellow generals do. They wanted me to get rid of him because of his inability to cast. But he has a brain on his shoulders. More than the two of you combined get out of my sight. He growls. The two look at each other. But, sire, the short one says, rising from his chair, Get out! Nurzan roars, advancing towards them. They scramble for the door, running into each other like a couple of jesters vying for the best way to entertain the king before rushing out the door, which slams behind them. He turns to the guard that stands watch in the corner. You leave too. Go find me Broderick Dorcas. I may call you back when I am done speaking with him. Nurzan slumps back into his chair and rubs his forehead. Why were all the people that worked for him complete morons? Tailing someone isn't an impossible job. You just stick to the shadows as any dark one should. It isn't that hard. Another knock at his door, with more confidence than what those two had signaled their entrance with. Yes, enter. Nerzan sits up, leaning forward on his stapled fingers. What are we working with? The elf asks once the door is closed. Nerzan hands him the two sheets of parchment without hesitation. Broderick scans the guard's document, his eyebrows knitting together in confusion. Then he reads the second one Nurzan made. He goes over them both again. What is this garbage? He asks, comparing the notes. Baron? Seriously. Were these the ones Grayson called his best men? Nurzan sighs. He said that they were one of his newest set of graduates, so I assumed they would be competent enough to do the job. We both see where that got me. The elf, who had been Nurzan's aide and advisor for many years, nods. 
Well, if you look at the recent statistics, his recruits haven't been his best choices yet. I took a shot. It was a poor shot. He runs a hand over his short, coarse hair. It was the first solo mission I ever gave Baron. So I wanted him watched. Is there anything wrong with that? He asks. Broderick shrugs. Do you believe that it is him? Broderick asks. If you do, we can use it. Spirit, I am told, would be most closely related to the Dark Ones. If we can keep him on our side, we might be able to continue. The Dark Rituals are not an option. Nirzan insists. Broderick was an old friend, with old ideas. He believed in the original idea of the Dark Ones, that one day they would be able to turn each of the original rituals to their side, or somehow create a new group of rituals. All elves, and only elves. They would be adept in the original powers, but they would also be able to control the dark magics of a dark one. It has taken us too long just to get a full set of rituals, let alone find our own. We test each new member, and one in every ten can control any form of magics. You know this. Why do you stick to something that you can't have? I'm not speaking as a dark ritual, just as a dark one. Imagine the powers he could have, what he could control. It would give us access to so many things. If the man can already change the way people think of him, let's just make him change people's ideas of the dark ones. Our little propaganda creator. Broderick's eyes gleamed at the idea. Do you believe it is him? He asked again. I don't know. He's never had a great number of abilities in the dark magics. I want to trust him, but I know this isn't something he controls, if by some strange twist of fate he is. Broderick leans back, thinking of what to do. What if we set up a bunch of alarms around the city, and if he, or whoever the ritual is, sets them off, we can have them set to show their image. Then, we'll know who it is. Nurzan nods. Catch them in the act. Then we can move into the city. Should we start sending men in uniform? Then we can let them know when to move. Broderick nods. Alright. I will let you de develop the traps and images. Let's just hope for Baron's sake that he is not the one we are after. Nurzan says, folding the report and his notes up and sticking them under the other files on his desk where no one would think to look. Hello everyone, it is Caitlin Costello, the author and narrator of Rebellion. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. Please don't forget to leave a rating or review on the podcast hoster of your choice. And if you have finished the Frituals or Rebellion, please leave a rating or review where you buy books online. If you can't possibly wait until next week for the next episode, I do have signed copies of all of my books available at CaitlinCostello.com, or you can pick them up just about online at any retailer. You could also, if you are not financially able to purchase a book at this time, check out your local library and see if you can place a request to get that book in. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means more than you know, and I will see you next week. Bye! 
Hi everybody, I wanted to pop in here really quick before we get to the end of this podcast and let you know that I have a sale that is going on currently and it is a sneaky discount that only a few people know about right now. So good on you for listening to the podcast and hearing about this sneaky discount. And that is 25% off all of my signed print books at caitlincostello.com. And that is with the code MOVING, because I am moving at the end of July, and I need to reduce some of the stock of books that I have on hand. Unfortunately, I have quite a few books ready for people that were expected to go out last year to book events that sadly were canceled due to the health and safety of everyone around us. But now... I need to move them out of my house. So if you would like to get 25% off of an order, please head over to caitlincostello.com and use code MOVING. That is code MOVING for 25% off. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Okay, goodbye.